It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Yeah, we're looking forward to a new year. Just the yeah. uh, the symbolism more than anything yeah. else. You know, this is the one, man. This is my year. I'm going to make my, it. Mine answer. too. Mine <laughs> too. So we're in the same boat, rowing in the same direction. Yeah, we've got to be. So listen, we, we've been talking about, uh, about this idea that Matt Eberflus, really for the first time, you know, you look at the Bears and you, you look at every passing statistic known to man – and you think, wow, you know, they really don't throw the ball very well. And uh, I guess that's the coaches. Nah, that's the quarterback. Whatever. He didn't want to get in that argument. He chose on the thirty-second game of uh, after the thirty-second game of his tenure to talk about. You know, did you see the Eagles? Like they really—that's a cool play they do with the quarterbacks. Why don't we have a play that we can do with the quarter? It was almost like listening to a fan. I've been asked that question a thousand times. Why can't the Bears run that play? Well, you know, the center. But it's it's almost like it took him a while to figure out this short yardage is a problem. Well, I've been asking that question for weeks, and I asked it to Luke last week and got a very different answer than I got from Matt yesterday. And Matt seemed very frustrated yesterday in, in, in kind of the reliance on creative concepts rather than just having something where you can just <laughs> lean into it. And, and even if the other team knows it's coming – you just run it down their throats. And, and as David and I have talked about, sometimes you're talking about needing 18 inches, you know, and so that doesn't require a full brainstorm session on the whiteboard. It doesn't require to come up with a, a bunch of gadgets and gimmicks to get that. You need to have that in your arsenal. And you also have a very special quarterback and his ability to threaten defenses on the edge as a runner, to be strong enough to push piles with with his strength. At some point uh, in this evolution, the Bears should have had something in their playbook that everyone knows is coming, but it still works. And they haven't gotten there. And we had another example the other day where uh, they got tricky and didn't get it and then had a punt. Yeah, I think my criticism of Luke Getze, the that the most valid criticism remains his short yardage approach, where I think is either too cute, too horizontal, or too backward. And I wonder what we heard from Matt Eberflus yesterday in response to your question, Dan, is there trouble in paradise? This is the first time I can remember him saying anything that could be construed as being critical of the play caller. Well, what do you mean by trouble in paradise? Well, I just think that, that <laughs> 15 games in, Dan, yeah, it's, no, a no, I, I mean, it's a convenient time to kind of start to wonder about divided loyalties here because the biggest question heading into this offseason beyond the quarterback, which I think is beginning, beginning to be answered, is head coach and play caller gone, head coach gone, play caller stay. What, what, what combination there are we going to see and I think the loyalty and the relationship between Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze is a relevant thing. Well, anyone who's spent significant time around the league understands that there are points in every team's journey where the self-preservation instincts kick in, and they sometimes kick in vocally. And and, and so I think Matt Eberflus probably understands that there's a lot of conversation in the outside world about whether he should be back as a Chicago Bears coach, whether he deserves to be back, and has to kind of start to articulate these things publicly in a way that says, hey, you know, like 
you've heard him during opening statements read off statistics that he's proud of to, to say, hey, here's my case. Here's my case. Here's my case. Maybe this is part of that. Maybe this is part of that argument of going, man, like we really just need to have a little bit better structure and better uh, system offensively. And then we can really hit the springboard. Now, the pushback to that would be, well, you're the head coach and you've had a lot of time to be involved with that. And and obviously, we've talked many times this year about how taking over the defensive coordinator responsibilities have, have probably spread Matt thin from being able to take that macro lens on things that, that he needs to have the macro lens on. This would be one of those things where, where you're the head coach, like at some point in, in June, you should have had some short yardage stuff that you guys were working on that says, okay, I don't care what the defense plays. This is our two, three plays in, in third and one, fourth and one that we're going to lean in or lean on and lean into. And, and we're going to get them every time. So um, roundabout answer to your question, but yeah, I mean, look like, yeah, there's trouble in paradise for everyone because this is a, another losing last place season for a team that's had too many losing last place seasons and everybody's got to find a way to, to answer for that. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This segment with Dan Weedwer is sponsored by Curry Ford of Valpo. Curry Ford of Valpo is the destination for lifted trucks and Ford performance vehicles. So we're at the time of year where you you kind of start making a mental checklist of of things that you got to get done. You know, I I you got to get a starting center here. Um, yep. You got to get it, it, there are like positions like that that. People don't look at that first. They talk about another receiver. I, I got to tell you, like, while you're at it, you should get a punter. You, you kind of <laughs> need to upgrade at different – that maybe are, are not the most obvious positions. But watching that game and the Bears the, – you know, the Bears punt and the guy hits a good punt and then they show that he's averaging like 38.7 yards. So they get a penalty and they, they say, okay, punt again – and he punts like 40 yards. I mean, it's like it can't be that easy that the guy can't kind of, if he punt once, you're never going to be able to do that again. <laughs> and I just, it just went through my head like, a, okay, mental checklist. Make sure you mention punter. <laughs> well, we had two 70 plus yard punts on, on Christmas Eve, one from each side, uh, which were impressive to watch. They both, I think, went through the north end zone uh, with some, with some booms. But no, like that, that's going to be on your wish list, right? And and it doesn't have to be something that you use a day one or a day two draft pick no, on. No, but certainly you're going to want you're you're going to want to get better, you know. And I think, um, one of the conversations I've had with people look like you guys spend time with family over the holidays, and you get a whole different line of questioning from them than you do the rest of the year, and you go, oh, okay, these are some things people are are wondering and worried about. This team's got a golden opportunity. Uh, heading into the 2024 offseason to get better as a roster. And 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 there's a lot of ways to do it through free agency and the draft and moving some parts around. And obviously we know what those second and third waves of free agency can offer. Maybe that's on your wish list for that that time of year. But like the, the big picture view is that the Bears are they're they're on the way up. And that's a good thing because we haven't been able to say that after a lot of seasons. And this year that there should be no doubt that 
the team they put on the field for 2023 should be better on paper heading into 2024, and that's a, a beautiful thing. The teardown's over, right? So this is oh, yeah. now the building yeah. part. It should be. No question. Anyway, yeah. Dan, yeah. I, I don't need to tell you how loud the debate has become over the quarterback because the support, tell me anyway. support for Justin <laughs> Fields is, has been loud and, and vocal and, I think, uh, interesting. Uh, I, I think yesterday we heard from Matt Eberflus when he was asked about the fifth worst passing offense in the league and he reiterated the fact that you know you, you, it's not where it needs to be you have to continue to work on that all the things that he said that reinforce and to me just grasp the obvious but I, I wonder as I heard that I, I, I wondered this is as much as there is a debate and we understand why is the mind made up in the in in the Bears decision makers have they already concluded by the way that they talk about the passing game, that maybe it's not where it needs to be and it's not going to get there with Justin Fields? Well, I, I mean, there, there's three seasons of evidence to sift through. Um, and look, like I, at my Christmas dinner at my mom's house the other night, we had a, a Frango mint cake and then a, a side of blame pie next to that. And the blame pie has been the one that Chicago's been trying to divvy up. How big is Justin's slice? How big is Luke's slice? How big is the system's uh, slice? How big is the offensive line, the receivers? And, and and that blame pie has been very tough to distribute uh, for a lot of people. I, I, I think it's complicated, you know, but I, I do think that this quarterback hey, came into the league with questions about things that talent evaluators were, were, were curious whether they could ever be NFL successful it's it's the pocket presence it's holding on to the ball it's it's the ability to um you know throw into tight windows and, and and some of those have continued to be an issue justin's made progress this year there's no question his pocket presence is better there's no question that he's taking care of the ball as a passer better there there are there are areas where he's made improvements but what you're trying to do as a franchise when you're ryan poles and sitting in that chair is set yourself up for sustainable championship contention you're trying to open a window that for 10 years you can be a championship contender in your division and then in the playoffs. And and right now through 36 starts from Justin and three seasons, there's not a lot there that tells you he is the engine of that. You know, they're just, there's just not, I, I, I put on Twitter last night, his average stat line from 36 starts. And it's like 15 for 25 and, and 177 passing yards and 58 rushing yards. And and there you have it, you know, a touchdown and interception, three sacks mixed in. And, and that that's kind of been the game. That's kind of the game he played on, on Sunday against the Cardinals. And so um, there's kind of been this, this argument out there that, that people are scared of drafting a quarterback high because there's no sure thing. Well, the guy you have right now is not a sure thing. And, and really 97% of the decisions you make in this league about the quarterback position require a leap of faith. Sticking with Justin would be a huge leap of faith. Just as drafting a guy at number one will be a huge leap of faith. But you have to take the leap of faith that you believe will put you in position to not just contend for a playoff position in 2024. It's what can what can make us one of these model teams heading into the 2030s. And that, that's what Ryan's got to sift through. Um, and I think he's got a, a well-calibrated lens on that. I, I am uh, I'm concerned about uh, the, the Carolina Panthers going into Jacksonville, especially if the quarterback's not available. David is laughing at me. <laughs> no, 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 He's not. been laughing because I've been worried about this all so, year. Like, like, what does Carolina feisty, have to right? gain? No, I, I just don't understand how they're going to stop playing because they got yeah. nothing to lose. They're not going right. to – it's not like you pull back. And I don't know that, that Jacksonville – I mean, they're trying – you know, good coach, uh, you know, the quarterback out. I, I just don't know – how I feel 
about that team scoring. They won a game nine to seven, and then they score thirty points against Green Bay. It's weird that they seem to maybe be improving bad. I don't want them to win the last two games, and I keep saying to David that the Bears didn't get the the number one pick until Houston. You know, weird stuff <laughs> happens, right. I guess. Yes, you're right. You're am right. I, no, yeah, are you I'm worried it. at all about this, or am I on my I'm own? I'm not, but, 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 but I do know that wacky things happen in this league, and we could be sitting by a TV screen on the Sunday of Week 18 going, oh, my God, what you know? What, what's going on here? Look, like everything is stacked in the Bears' favor at this point. A lot of things, a lot of little boxes would have to be checked over these last two weeks for them to – to fall out of that that number one slot, but to your point, like the Panthers, they they literally have nothing to lose, and C.J. Beathard might be starting for the Jaguars, and and you just you don't know which direction this is going to go, and so you can't count those chickens until they're hatched. Uh, that said, I I wouldn't lose a lot of sleep over this. If 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 you lose any sleep this week, Molly, about the uh, state of the punter or the state of the Panthers. Number one draft pick. I'll send you. Some, I'll, I'll send you some Nyquil to help you help but you get back to sleep. These are okay. issues that need to be resolved. I, I think we need to add a segment to our next Take the North podcast, Dan. The punter and the possibility of the Panthers losing. Uh, yeah, go. that that's a good one. I, I'm telling you, there are little things you want to you know, know you want to pay attention to the details, right? Isn't that I, I an important? Thing details to do? are important. If there's a five percent chance of rain, I'm not packing an umbrella. Okay, so there's a one percent chance the Bears make the playoffs. I'm not packing oh, an umbrella. There's still a dream. Or, or, yeah, the dream still. still. I told you, it's a chip in a chair. You're at the poker tournament. You're <laughs> in the game. That's right. That's all you need is one chip, right, for it to to, to, to be a possibility. So, Dan, have you checked in on Cole Komet yet this morning? Do you know what his Ooh. status will be? I know he's your guy. Great player. Uh, look, like we're gonna see what happens when they get out to practice this afternoon. Um, obviously I think you're going to be a little bit conservative through the first couple days of practice. If that, if that knee is causing him any difficulty he finished last week with a, a quad injury that, that popped up during the week of practice last week. And so you got to take care of these guys, you know, because I, his value to this offense is, is huge. And, and I think you talk to people in that building on the coaching staff, on the offense, on the offensive line, and they understand how um, dual purpose Cole has been all season as, as a guy that can, can whatever assignment is given to him in a week and, and, and master it, you know, as a blocker and a pass catcher at a hundred yards before he got hurt the other day. And I think that 53 yard catch the other day was, it, it was a great moment for the bears offense because it was, it was a moment where Justin uh, recognized a mismatch and a defensive back that was in, in Justin's words, panicking and, and gave his, his big guy a, a chance to go win a one-on-one and Cole won the one-on-one. And it was a 53 yard gain that jump started a, a touchdown drive and you finish with a touchdown run by the quarterback in the end zone. And it's a, a beautiful thing. So those are the types of contributions that that you've gotten from Cole, and uh, I, hopefully he'll be able to, to finish this season strong because he hasn't missed a game yet. You also need a punt returner, and it can't be Valus Jones apparently. So you need to figure out that you're using you're using two players to fill one position, and it's wrong. Yes, and you got to figure that out too. Yeah, and and again, these are all minor, just details of the roster, but you got to be aware of them. There's no question, and 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 again, there's going to be opportunity here to to do a lot of different things. And, and, you know, look like you can go find a, a receiver on day three that can sure. come in and help you 
that in the in the return game initially, you know, and and so you you want to find guys that that have that ability to to jump in and and, and handle that, and um, you know, the Bears special teams hasn't been fantastic for a large chunk of the season. Cairo Santos, notwithstanding, obviously he gets his his uh, reward and, and well deserved for the way he's kicked over the yeah. last few years here in Chicago. And so good to see them reward a guy in that regard, and and then you just have to continue to go down that depth chart and figure out where are the areas and and where can you address them and. Um, like again, I just I like I, I think that we're gonna walk into the regular season in 2024 with everything that happens in the next nine months and go, wow, like this is this is a team that's that's equipped to be in the hunt legitimately next year, you know, like absolutely in the hunt and not just in the bottom right corner of that graphic that makes everyone feel like you're not a loser. They're going to be actually a, a team that can contend for a playoff spot next year and potentially in a division that uh, obviously we've seen from some flux this year. The Bears are uh, arrow up more than the, the Vikings and the Packers are. And so we'll see if they can continue that climb. Do you sense any change in tone from what Matt Eberflus says on a daily basis? Was this week any different than last week? Has recently been any different than before? Well, I, I, winning weeks are always different. You know, there's a, a sense of uh, accomplishment. There's a sense of relief that, that creeps in and, and you're able to kind of point to things without the whole world coming at you to, to, to bombard you with questions on on what went wrong. So certainly coming off of an 11-point win is different than coming off a loss where you blew a double-digit lead in the final five minutes and, and lost again. So in that regard, yeah, it's a, a different week. Um, I don't know. It, you know, it's been a long season with a lot of twists and and corkscrews and loop-de-loops on this roller coaster, and and Matt's been uh, part of all of those. And, and and so I think when when he gets to to the end of week 18, he pour himself a pretty stiff drink and try to take a breath and and reflect on all that went uh, all that went right and wrong in this very eventful 2023 year. But I think that it's you know some of the things that we're maybe looking for, maybe seeing that aren't there, we're seeing. Maybe uh, we don't know about the quarterback, you know, which we haven't heard all year long. We're hearing a separation from the offensive coordinator that we haven't seen week in and week out. So I think there are little hints as the season nears its end that they're moving forward in different ways, and we'll see what those are. Yeah, those end-of-season meetings are going to be absolutely crucial to to establishing direction and then explaining it. You know, two weeks from now, we're probably going to be sitting here discussing a long list of topics that have more clarity to them than they have right now. And so it'll be up to Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and all the people that, that kind of have conversations when the season ends to figure out what the best path forward is in, in 2024. Remember coming out of the 2020 season, that was the one where the state of the, the coach and the general manager kind of hung out there. Right. for a little while and, and right. it took until the end of the week and some closed door meetings with George and Ted. And then they eventually came back and said, Hey, you know, we're going to stick with uh, Ryan and Matt. And then they did a very poor job on a zoom press conference of, expl- of explaining why. Um, and it left the city very angry about the direction of the team. I think you're going to have a different tone this time around and, and hopefully a, a different vision articulated in a way that, that resonates with the people that follow this team so closely.